0: This is the Dynasty War Zone, the
1: People's Dynasty Podcast. And here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at JerrySendDFF.
2: What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And we are. The flagship podcast of the Dynasty Football Factory.com and proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on the Twitters. And and check out our sponsor. Just real quick, Trophy Smack. Um, link in the bio of our Twitter handle at Dynasty Warzone. Just go over there, check it out. And if you buy a trophy at checkout and add a ring to your purchase in the cart, use promo code. D-W-Z ring, uh, you will get that ring for free. So, coming up, not too far from redraft season, you know, if you got an old school redraft league, now I'm going championship belt, I'll forego the uh, the free ring to, to get the belt, but that's okay, I'm an old pro wrestling fan, but head over to Trophy Smack, again, you're on Twitter, you're probably already there, if not, Trophy Smack.com, Google search Trophy Smack. Check our buddies over there out. They make tons of good stuff. Uh, They've even got like loser prizes, like, you know, weird unicorn trophies and and stuff like that. But uh, check out our friends over at Trophy Smack. And you can find the show on both Twitter and Instagram at DynastyWarZone.com. Also want to shout out our Patreon, DynastyWarZone.com forward slash, actually it's uh, Patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. I want to say a big shout out and what's up to Kane. Kane is our newest Patreon. Welcome to the team, sir. And, uh, you know, is Kane able? I think Kane is able to join our Patreon family. That, my friends, is a biblical reference. And speaking of biblical, tonight's show is going to be an epic show of biblical proportions. But before I do all of that, let me bring in the man of the hour, the man. With the power, he is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's up, buddy? With
3: the biblical intro, too. That's my man. Randy's a professional in this game. Man, it is summer. It is summer. I don't know how it is in Indy, but in Michigan, it is hot. And it is
2: sunny. And it is wonderful. It is something that I have not seen in months it is not. <laughs> I, I felt like I've lived in Seattle or Portland for the last month.
3: <laughs> yeah, we got We got the same thing going on then, my friend.
2: So I'll tell you how bad the rain's been. So I coach my son's little league team. Now, we've been very fortuitous. We've been very lucky in that we've only had, I think, four rainouts or games that they couldn't reschedule. Um, we ended up playing 17 games. We have a team in our league that played seven total games all spring from from like the end of April, uh, our season just concluded last night. So that's how wet it's been. So, yes, it's going to be uh, hot. And I'll tell you what else is going to be hot. Is uh, the commentary later tonight when we have Dan Williamson of the Goat District podcast and Seth McKinley of the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast? They are a bear and a Viking fan, respectively. And Jerry's going to break down the Lions, meh. And I'll, uh, womp, I'll ta- womp. I- yeah, I don't, I don't have a womp womp sax. but uh, and I'll be breaking down the the cheeseheads. Now, Jerry, I know you're a, a Lions fan, but you got to be excited to have a a, a and a bear in here with us.
3: Yeah, and you know. They're not gonna pick on me. I'm the little. Ki- I'm at the little kids' table. They let the little the the adults let the little kids do whatever they do at the table, and that's what they're gonna do to me.
2: Yeah, the adults are over there drinking. But uh, you ready to get into the news? Yeah, let's do it. This is the news. All right. So uh, Lev Bell, if you haven't heard the very hilarious Lev Bell nine one one call when his jewelry, clothing, and other things were stolen. Uh, my man had to call the police. Now it is good to hear a story of police involvement with Lev Bell with him not being arrested or anything like that. But but these young ladies uh stole his stuff. Jerry, what's up with that? <laughs>
3: that's what's up with it half
2: a million oh, half a million he, bucks. he's
3: living a different life than 99 percent of people will ever live
2: oh so but I, I did you guys a solid if you if you don't have time to go to twitter i'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little bit of this uh lev bell soundtrack here uh, here it goes and, and they will see why i was laughing absolutely okay the one that looks more black how
3: old is she 23. what was she wearing today they,
1: I mean, when I left, she was in the bed. She was in the bed, not wearing clothes, but she left. So I didn't see her when she you know what I'm back. Oh, okay, and the other one, you said she looked more Hispanic. Is that correct? Like, she looked more like, anything like yeah, white or Hispanic,
2: yes.
3: Oh, okay. How old is she?
2: She's 21. And what was she seen last wearing today? <laughs> the same way. She was in the bed, too. So oh. They had have clothes on. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, what is your phone number Oh man so I mean like like, like Jerry said let love is living a different life but uh that that little uh, that little piece of business cost him about a half a mil hopefully my man was uh, was insured uh, another piece of news uh, Jerry did you see the Cam Newton video where he tried to buy the seat from the guy in first class for like 1500 bucks Yeah I who's not giving that seat up
3: Look, Cam you ever need my seat
2: and you offer me that much money I will give you a foot rub the whole flight too I disagree. I mean, the, the difference in what Cam paid for that coach seat and what that gentleman paid for that first-class seat on a 10-hour flight to Europe, um, as my wife and I are going to Europe in October, I can guarantee you we're not set in first class because that that wouldn't even pay the difference for what the, the value of the seats were. So it sounds good. As, as working-class folks like you and I are, you hear 1500 bucks and you think it's a lot of money, but to a guy who's paying, uh, you know, that kind of money for a flight to Paris, he's probably good. But you know, Cam's getting some heat. I don't blame him for doing it. He probably booked it at the last minute. I guess it was Fashion Week in Paris. And you know, Cam, uh, he, he wears some of that Cam. goofy. Yeah, he wears some of that goofy stuff they wear at fashion shows. But let's get into actual football. It looks like the Cowboys are not likely to be uh, extending Zeke this season. They can pick up his fifth-year option next year, and they can always franchise him the year after that. Does that bother you as a Zeke owner? Does the ambiguity of his contract situation bother you that maybe he'd pull a love bell?
3: It makes me raise my eyebrows. That's for damn sure. Uh, When I saw it, I was, whoa. That was the only thing that came out of my mouth. Okay, but it makes sense. You don't want to pay running backs tons of money. Look what happened to Tiger. The moment they paid that dude money, and now where are we at? People want to sell him off and get rid of the man. Do you think it's crazy? I mean, it scares me, but I, I don't think it's a bad move on their part either, for the most part.
2: It's actually very smart in that they they, they they have more pressing issues. Like I said, they've got Zeke locked up for at least two more years based on the way that the the rookie contract set up with the, the fifth-year option and a uh, franchise tag. But they've got to lock up both Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott, and if I remember correctly, they may have to lock up Jalen Smith. I'm not 100% on Jalen Smith. This is not a big IDP show, although I play IDP. Um, yeah, no, they have got they have to between now and the end of the season. They've got to lock up Amari or Dak because they can only franchise one or the other. They couldn't franchise both. both. So Zeke, due to his contract situation, he's on the back burner. And speaking of, speaking of first-rounders who could have an option picked up, I tell you what's not an option. It doesn't look like the start of Campson option for Hayden Hurst, tight end rookie, second year player for the Ravens. Um, You know, I think Mark Andrews was already like, you know, there was like a groundswell for for Mark Andrews as it was. And this just makes it even more so. First of all, Hayden Hurst was a very old rookie. And Mark Andrews, out of the 14 starting tight ends for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, he looks like my favorite. Jerry, where are you at with Mark Andrews?
3: Exactly where you said you are at. It for the same exact reasons. Because Hayden Hurst isn't he like 27 or as a rookie? He came out, he was drafted like
2: 26, 27, wasn't he? Uh, I, he played some minor league baseball. And... Maybe he's not that old. But he, yeah, no, no he's no, not. No, you're he's like right. Chris
3: Whedon or whatever that guy's name was. He,
2: uh, he, yeah, Chris, you know, uh, who played for the, with the Florida State and played with the Panthers. I, I, but, I'm uh, pretty sure. But yeah, no, I,
3: I'm on Mark Andrews. Listen, if Lamar Jackson can get someone the ball, and you know, the tight end isn't going to run very far, so he doesn't have to throw it very far. I think that's sort of a juicy spot. And with Hayden Hurst sort of out of the picture, not fully out of the picture, but you know, Mark Andrews is
2: going to get the shot. You and opportunity is all you can ask for. Hayden Hurst will be 26 the day the season starts. Uh, think, thanks to Mike Clay's. Uh, top 240 rankings with the birth dates on there. We use the last week's show with John DeBari Yeah, he'll be 26. Uh, Andrews just two years younger. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Let's talk about Tyreek Hill uh, in a football sense. He is meeting with the NFL this week. He's supposed to be meeting with them on Wednesday, the day this podcast released. And uh, there's a thought that a suspension decision could be expected in about a month. Jerry, what? Uh, just we'll keep it to football because it, it always wraps up a lot of showtime. Um, what do you think the NFL is going to do, and how long do you think he'll be suspended?
3: Uh, I mean, that's tough. He's getting suspended. Yeah, I don't think there's a doubt about that. I'm going to say four games. I don't think it's going to be crazy. Am I crazy for that? No, because if
2: you give Kareem Hunt eight games for kicking someone on camera— and I know it really wasn't like, he didn't like, uh, you know, like Janikowski her or anything, but but there's a physical contact on a video. I know there's all kinds of weird damning evidence against Tyreek Hill, but I agree. You know, uh, this is the United States. I, I, I think he'll get eight. I think he'll get the same thing. I think he'll get eight, and he'll be back. And, and he's a guy right now that, while this news is still murky and we don't know, he's a guy I'm looking to buy. I, I know it sucks, but... Uh, As I covered in uh, a a Twitter conversation the other day, and as I covered on our Patreon show, I'm not in the good human business. I'm in the winning dynasty championships business. And Tyreek Hill, even if he misses eight games, will help me win a dynasty championship more than, than he would on someone else's roster.
3: And real quick,
2: if there is anything that you people could learn
3: from the wise southern tones of Randy, don't buy when the news is good. Buy when the news is bad. That's when they're cheap. Don't get the don't get the update and go, oh, good. he's looking good. He's really looking good in camp. That's when I'll go buy. No! Stop it! Buy when the news is bad. And if the news is bad on Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's still good at football. And he's <laughs> still going to help your team. And he's probably not going anywhere from Kansas City if he's not already gone. He's probably staying there.
2: Sure, they, they could franchise tag him next year. And they can just continue to, you know potentially cut their losses one year at a time, uh, Tennessee GM Jeff Robinson wants Marcus Mariota to live to fight another play and not get crushed and hurt. I fired, I filed this one under no shit. That'd be a great idea to, uh, not get Marcus Mariota killed. I still think this is the last year you see him in the blue on blue of the Tennessee Titans. And I think, uh, He's going to be one of the three guys that loses a job to either From Tua or Herbert. Did I miss anything there?
3: Nope. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I bet you don't want him to get hit. The problem is that's not his game. It's like when they wanted to take RG three and t- t- let him not be an Olympic sprinter and just keep him in the pocket. Well, that's not what he does. You you need to let him run, and that's what Mari- Mariota needs is the same thing. The problem is is.
2: He's a fragile little fella, just like our G three was. Him's a fragile little guy. Well, hey, uh, speaking of uh some head brass and some quarterback news, Aaron Rodgers and new head coach Matt Lafleur. You know, what Aaron Rodgers told Matt Lafleur, "What do you tell him?" <laughs> He told Matt LaFleur to cram his new offense up his cram hole because uh, they're, they're, they're bumping heads because this offense, and, and the way that I can equate it to the listener who hasn't done a lot of research in it, the LaFleur offense is like very science. It is what it is. You go to the line. This is the play. You might have like a check with me or an audible, but there's not a whole lot of uh, in, in interpretation at the line of scrimmage. You know, that's science. Aaron Rodgers is an artist. You know, you you, you can't tell Picasso what to paint. And Aaron Rodgers likes to go up to the line of scrimmage, like a Peyton Manning, uh, look at the play and and be able to make, you know, checks and calls and just completely call a whole new play and not just a simple audible package. So they're bumping heads already. I don't think it'll impact the offense much, but I think it's uh, interesting June news. And I'll give you some June news. It looks like Sony Michel progressing faster than people thought from a knee scope, which he should. He's had enough of them. Jerry. What's up with Sony Michelle's knee? Scared to death of him. That's what's up. It, it, I mean,
3: they draft Damian Harris pretty early, much earlier than any Sony Michelle owner wanted. There is a reason for that. It's because they are not fully trusting of that knee. And he had fumble fingers when he was in college. You know, he didn't he didn't fumble too much as a patriot, which is good because otherwise he would have been uh what was that guy's name? Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray. Four uh, touchdowns and 199 on. yards against my Colts. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Then he gone <laughs> the, the one game, but yeah. So I mean, I'm worried about Sony Michelle. I' so worried. I don't think I have a share. In truth, across all of my leagues, I don't think I have a single Sony Michelle.
2: I have sure. one, and if I could get a fair price for it, I would move him. I would gladly take any 2021st, even from a contender. I don't think I would ever get that in a million years. But uh, let me see here. I got a non-pass-catching running back with a bad wheel on a team known for its running back ambiguity. And, uh, yeah, that's a a pass for me. Yeah, that's a no. Um,
3: And who knows what that offense looks like when Tom Brady's gone.
2: Sure. And I want to talk about your Lions. We're going to talk in depth about the Lions here in just a little bit with Dan and Seth. But uh, Marvin Jones not participating in minicamp, which I'm not worried about. If he's not participating fully in training camp next month – then, as uh, Jerry said, eyebrow firmly raised. And then, according to a beat reporter, is rumored that he could be a midseason trade candidate. Jerry, what's up with that? They got it. I mean,
3: if they're losing, I bet. I could see that, really, because we actually have sort of a, strut, a tough stretch of games. Uh, and if they, you know, crap their pants, I could see them tanking and flipping him, just like they did with Golden Tate last year. And that sucks cuz he'll help. The, Marvin Jones will help somebody. He's he is a much better NFL wide receiver than he is a fantasy asset for the most part cuz if you if you don't get the chance to watch Marvin Jones a lot, you know, you might not realize how talented the man is, but he is he is so good at contested catches and beating just fantastic corners.
2: I I think you're underselling Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is a great guy as like a wide receiver 3. Uh, Or maybe if, like, you start two wide receivers and two flexes. Uh, I'm in a league where you have to start three wide receivers each and every week. And as deep as the wide receiver position is, I still like Marvin Jones. And Marvin Jones is a great buy in best ball because you know Marvin Jones is going to have that game where, uh, you know, he has, you know, i don't know 170 yards and two touchdowns it's inevitable he has at least one or two of them a year but i I do want to make one more quick story because we have guests awaiting uh matthew stafford i I guess it came out that he played with a broken bones in his back in 2018 and and i i caught glimpses i got like a little snippet of the interview have you have you heard this jerry no 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 no. enlighten me sure i broke my back Mike Tyson is a gem to this species. Uh still one of my favorite sound bites of all time. The Mike Tyson I broke my back, but you know if Matthew Stafford played through a good portion of 209 I excuse me 2018 with a broken back. I mean this was the injury that all but ended the career of, of Tony Romo. So if he played through that, first of all, uh, if you haven't seen Matt Stafford chug the beer, the beer quarterback chug challenge or whatever, uh, he just seems like a bro, and he seems like a, like a tough old He's southern boy. He's definitely a bro. He's I, I, I always love his
3: hat backwards. Hat He's backwards. a bro for sure.
2: I, I love this guy. And, uh, you know, this guy's had a you know a pretty rough go of it. His wife has had some illnesses. So I hope Matt Stafford bounces back and is that borderline QB1 that he's always been, but uh, Jerry, you ready for some uh, ready for some NFC North talk with a uh, about a bunch of teams better than your Lions? Yes, absolutely. All more, right, more more hatred towards the Lions. Let's go find Dan and Seth. All right, joining us this week to break down the NFC North all the way from the great state of Minnesota is Dan Williamson. Dan is a very accomplished. FFPC player, a very high stakes best ball player, and you might know him from the Goat District podcast. He drops that usually every Thursday, sometimes Friday, with his co host JD Elias uh, over at the Goat District podcast. And you can find Dan on Twitter at Overhyped Sleeper. And Sleeper is uh, for his handle is S L E E P R. So at Overhyped Sleeper. And he lived through the Minnesota Miracle with Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs. Dan, welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. Thanks, Randy. It's great to be here.
0: Uh, just really, I, I'm looking forward to my first appearance on the Warzone here. Uh, I've been listening to you guys for quite some time, and uh, it's it's just an honor to be here.
2: Very excited to have you on here. Like I said, you lived through the Minnesota miracle. We're very excited to you know, hear about that. We're going to talk about Stephon Diggs. Can he, hold on? Can he uh, take over that wide receiver one position on his own team from Thielen? Can they both be wide receiver ones? Uh, we're going to talk about all that in a minute, but I'm really dying to hear about what you and JD have cooking up over at the Goat District podcast.
0: Okay, yeah, we've been, uh, we have been we mostly focus on Dynasty, of course, but uh, we do occasionally delve into best ball. We had uh, Noah Rudell on last week, and uh, that's been a podcast that's been really well-received. Um, he does Dynasty, he does best ball, he does season-long, he does it all, and uh, he's, he's a bright guy. Uh, we are going to be guesting on the Superflex Dudes uh, podcast, and uh, then a little bit later this week, we'll be hosting the Dynasty Trade Calculator guys.
2: Nice. I just had the good fortune of doing a guest spot with JP and Izzy, so should be a very good time. JP's actually been a guest on our show, and we got to get Izzy on at some point, too. Um, but we have another guest from the Windy City. He is a, uh, He's practically a regular here. He's like the honorary third uh, member of the Dynasty Warzone crew. You know him as Seth, at SethFFellas on Twitter. He is the co-host of the Fantasy Football Fellows with his co-host, Kyle. You can find Kyle at Kyle August, um, excuse me, at Kyle FF, fellas. Uh, Seth, welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you, Memphis. Whether it's the first time or the millionth time,
1: always a pleasure to be on the War Zone.
2: For sure, man. And I had the good fortune this week. Uh, I was on yesterday on the Tuesday edition, and it looks like I'll be back again on Thursday, and the originators, at least as far as I know, I've been listening to podcasts on and off for about six years, and uh, I know the uh, some very famous footballers. We'll just use that term. Have borrowed the mock mock draft po- podcast uh, format of drafting, but we did a little mock mock draft. We did some villains, and uh, there's rumor of some des- uh, desserts being mock drafted.
1: Indeed, I uh, you know the movie villains draft on Twitter. I don't know what the current votes are at, but uh, I think I like your team a little bit more than the other two, but uh, we shall see what the dessert drafts have in store for us. So make sure to check out the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast for more info about those things, and we talk some football as well.
2: We did talk a little bit of rookie action, but we talked a lot about. Uh, uh, there, there. Let's just say there was a movie villain that went one hundred and one but not the 101 that you're probably thinking, oh, that was a lot to go one-on-one. Who are we talking about? You'll just have to check it out on, well, you can already listen to Tuesdays and then uh, Thursdays will be out on Thursday. So, So check that out. We're gonna talk desserts and movies and at some point we will talk about rookies and their 2019 outlook. So the reason why I brought Dan and Jerry and Seth on is these guys are all fans of these teams in the NFC North, obviously Jerry's the co-host. He's you know kind of always here, but he's a Lions fan. But Seth is a Bears fan. We already talked about Dan's fandom of the Vikings. But I'm going to kick this one to my co-host first, to uh to just kind of set the tone. So Jerry, we're not going to break this down from your eight your your typical and no offense to to shows that have done this. You know like you know Matt Stafford's the quarterback and Carryon Johnson should be the lead. we we get that. We really want to know about you know what this is going to look like from a dynasty standpoint and, and how we can extract value while talking about these teams and division. So, Jerry, I'm going to hit you with my first question. What is the biggest positional camp battle to watch up there in uh, Lions country?
3: You know, you, you say you don't want people to break down the Lions. The Lions are easy to do for the most part. So that would be a really boring show if I did that. As far as positional camp, I just want to see what – percentage carry-on is going to get i think that's you know it, stafford is the quarterback the wide receivers are set it's marvin jones kenny galladay and danny Amendola. tj Hawkinson's going to start at tight end you know we'll see how he turns out but he's going to be the guy there it's just carry on at and cj anderson it, how how much are they going to give cj anderson it, it should be assumed that he's probably going to get the goal line because he's a bowling ball carry on is better in the passing game, but Theo Riddick didn't die either. He is still in Honolulu blue and silver. So he's going to get some of the passing game too. I I think that's the really the only, at some point I'm going to go to training camp because I'm a sucker and a degenerate, like all of you listening and all of you sitting here talking with me and we just love football. And I want to see my lines and have a little hope because this will be the last time I have any hope because once kickoff starts, they just break your heart over and over. Um, so that, that's what I want to see, Randy. I want to see carry on Johnson.
2: Well, I, I agree with it. you.
3: I, I want to see I just anything. And I want to see you on the field first and foremost, because my man, you got to stay on the field.
2: Absolutely. Um, I had a little Twitter debate earlier on uh, Tuesday about can, can he stay healthy, but were, were there any coaching changes? I know that you have a new offensive coordinator, if I remember correctly, and is that going to negatively or positively impact the fantasy production of the Lions?
3: You could put a flaming bag of poop on a stick, put it in the middle of a field with a whistle, and that would be Jim Bob Cooter. I will take anybody but that man. Good respect to you, Mr. Cooter. I hope you enjoyed your money. You had a great time. Get the hell out of Allen Park, which is where the Lions headquarters are. You need to get out of there. So Daryl Bevel comes in. You know, is is that going to help carry him? That's what I want to see. It's it's a little lazy for me to say it's going to be like Marshawn Lynch in the Seahawks. And you know, I've said it a hundred times, and I don't I don't want to go about that route. But that's what I want to see. I want to see Stafford grow. I want to see an offense that has a pulse. It was putrid to watch the Lions on offense last year. And th- these guys know. These guys watched their teams kick the crap out of the Lions, and they didn't have to worry about us scoring because we were an embarrassment to the sport.
2: So, I'm, I'm going to let them rub that in in just a second, but uh, so so is anyone going to be who stands the the most to gain from Bevel as the new OC? I think it has
3: to be Carry On. Did anybody disagree with that? I mean, if if he does have the run centric offense that we think he's going to have, I think it's got to be Carry On. I would yeah.
1: agree, unless EJ Anderson completely overtakes Carry On, in which I don't know if there's a world that exists. But yeah, if it does, yeah. that's
3: an evil world, and you're an evil man for even <laughs> suggesting it. <laughs> yeah, if that
1: happens, blame me, the C.J. Anderson truther. Uh, no, the, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's carry-on should get a bump from this OC if he follows the same run, run, run type of offense that we've seen, seen in the past.
2: Or if he could stay on the field, most importantly. Also, yes. Uh, I, I I think that sounds correct. Are there any? Were there any uh, non-skill position like a like a lineman or a defensive position or you know s- someone of a non-fantasy related player that that could have a big impact uh, for the actual skill guys? Was there like an offensive tackle, anything like that?
3: No, nothing. Uh, on the defensive side, we went big for Trey Flowers, defensive end from the Patriots. That was sort of the big the big off-season signing. I mean, we have Daniel Mandola. You know, I I don't know. Stafford's got to show me that he can support Danny Amendola. Now he does like those little crutch throws, little six yard curls and uh, drag routes. So let me see a little bit of that. But nothing nothing from a dynasty perspective, in my opinion. I don't think Danny Amendola is going to win you many games. You're never going to have confidence starting him in a playoff game
2: unless you are
3: in a three flex league. Plus, you got to start a few wide receivers.
2: All right. And then, uh, is there a veteran that's being overlooked or undervalued or even overvalued, um, as an incumbent? And when when I wrote this question, I was thinking of like Delaney Walker. He missed most of last year with an injury. Is there someone that's currently a lion that we're forgetting about that has value or is there like a, like an old, uh, I'll I'll use i I'll have my guy here in a minute, but anyone that we should be, uh, trying to remember.
3: Uh, Marvin Jones didn't die. And I don't, I don't really think Stafford did either. I know he was ugly. God, was he ugly. Uh, everyone wants to anoint Kenny Galladay, the great saint of Detroit. Marvin Jones has done just as well in the time he's been here. He's been more productive in the time since Kenny Galladay got there. Now he's getting older. But Marvin Jones can make plays. I mean, you know, we we don't win games, but Xavier Rhodes is a great corner, and Marvin Jones always has a great time against him. It, it's something that it cannot be overlooked. He does great against great players because he is a great player. He's just been in a system that's sort of limited in stats wise, but Marvin Jones is so cheap right now. Borderline free. So him and Stafford, because Stafford, you know, he's not, we're not getting 41 touchdowns like he did in 2011. We're not getting 5,000 yards. Those times are over, but if we can temper expectations to reality, we realize he's still a good fantasy quarterback in your your super flex leagues borderline coming into the top 10 12 there.
2: All right. I'll hit you with some uh, some rapid fire stuff. From a dynasty standpoint, who is the player on the Lions you're looking to uh to buy? And what are you willing to pay for? Him? Uh
3: I think it's carry on. And I am worried about Galladay. So I, I'm gonna say Galladay because I in my opinion there's there's three players that In general, people want to buy. on, Johnson, Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson. Now, you know, there's, TJ is what he is. We've been talking about him too long, but, you know, Galladay, it worries, Stafford worries me a little bit, and Daryl Bevel worries worries me a little bit. Yes, they should be better than Jim Bob Cooter, but I don't know exactly what the offense is going to look like. I don't know if they're going to spread around. I don't know if they're going to key on him. Uh, and carry on. You got to stay on the field. As much as I love the talent, Randy will tell you all you got to do is follow Randy on Twitter for three minutes, and at some point, Randy is going to argue against Carry On Johnson.
2: Whoa, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa! Sorry, I, seven I, minutes. Seven. seven first minutes of all, seven, seven minutes, and I'm not anti Carry On Johnson. No, I, I know. I'm, 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 I'm anti his cost a little bit, but I'm, I'm anti his cost. I, I, I think the anointing of carry on johnson's coming a little too quick so so what are you willing to pay for for kenny galladay Uh, probably less than you guys if
3: you'd like me to be truly honest with you
2: all right i'm gonna ask one of our guests dan what what would you be willing to pay for a kenny galladay share do you value him yeah i do i you
0: know kenny is worth a a first to me pretty easily probably a one oh one oh four something like that see i was thinking one oh six that's what that's what i mean like i just
3: I don't know. Something he—he's a big play guy, and it's nice, and he can make a diving catch into the end zone, and it'll look pretty, and I'll jump up and scream. But I don't know if he can do it consistently enough to, you know, be one of those top end
2: guys that he's getting hyped up that he could be. All right, you've—you've you've hedged enough on that one. Who are you looking to sell off this roster? Who are you looking to uh, move before the price dips?
3: Uh, <laughs> I think it's Kenny Galladay. Uh, for those same reason, me, that, Smalls. yeah. I mean, that was foreshadowing a little bit, but <laughs> a carry on too. If you can get a good price for carry on, I'm flipping carry on. Sorry, I got no listen. When you're a Lions fan, they always disappoint you, like everyone on the Warzone has heard me say 44,631 times. So, you know, get out if you can get the value for them. I'm cool with that too. I know I argue for carry on, I've argued with him against you marlon mack marlon mack and carry on i argued carry on and delvin cook same sort of thing but at the same time injuries like randy always says last year of college injured first year as a pro injured at some point you have to think it's a habit and it's just the way he plays the game so if i can flip him and i can get 101 i can get 102 i'm thinking about it
2: all right real quick who's the fantasy mvp for this team (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. cj anderson <laughs> carry on
2: <laughs> after all that ranting and raveling all right moving. who's the bum Who who's the guy who's not going to live up to his adp dj hawkinson oh i hate you already and then last last thing for you on these lions a uh, team record prediction eight and eight mediocre just like they always are mediocre first round pick that will not impact
3: them yet again in 2020
2: all right, so before I go into Dan, we start talking about the Vikings. Dan, what did Jerry hit on that you like, and do you agree, disagree with any of that? I guess I, you know, as I said, I'm probably a little bit higher
0: on uh, on uh, Galladay than than what Jerry is, but you know, I Galladay still has some things to prove. I still don't think there's going to be a lot of volume in the passing game there, so um you know and that that could be the case for another year or two depending on how long patricia stays around um you know i think as long as he's there he's going to be taking the air out of the ball so um i do like carry on johnson <laughs> probably a little bit more than you do <laughs> but um yeah right he's he's got a good history there right um i do like carry on johnson a little bit more i mean the injuries do worry me but um you know i think he is clearly head and shoulders more talented than uh, CJ Anderson. And uh, I think that uh, he's going to get the ball. Uh, As the season goes on, he's going to become more and more of something approaching a bell cow, not a bell cow, but something approaching a bell cow.
2: All right. Well, it's your turn uh, to talk about your Vikings. So what is the biggest positional battle and camp that you're you're most looking forward to watch is it maybe alexander madison can he lock up that backup to dalvin cook role? is is it over rock tom thomas thompson and uh so so break some stuff down for us um
0: can i say that it's mike zimmer versus the playoffs (laughs) i mean you're not wrong i mean so um no i would say the biggest camp battle is probably laquan treadwell versus Chad Beebe for the third wide receiver. Um, The the one you're probably going to care the most about is whether Madison can lock down the uh, backup running back job, because Treadwell versus Beebe in in the end of everything probably isn't going to matter that much. We're probably looking at about maybe 40, 45 targets for the winner of that
2: battle. Well, I, I do like that, and I, and I agree. with I think Madison, if you think back to when Latavius Murray was here, who's now with the Saints, we'll talk about him later in the offseason, but Madison could have a little standalone value. You're a big best ball guy. Have, where have you been seeing Madison go in best ball drafts? I, I know I kind of hit you with that one cold, but do you recall? Oh. <laughs> you, you can't hit me with anything cold
0: on best ball. Um, he, he's going basically anywhere from the 15th to the 18th, round occasionally you see him in the 12th or 13th round but mostly in the the 15th to 18th range
2: all right not too bad uh now i know their previous offensive coordinator at least the guy who started the 2018 season john D. filippo he's now down in jacksonville with leonard fournette and nick Foles. but uh, any coaching changes that'll positively or negatively impact fantasy production up there in minnesota yeah this is this is kind of the whole big question here
0: because you have um uh Kevin Stefanski offensive coordinator and then Gary Kubiak and his whole basically offensive team were brought in to quote unquote, help him out. Um, You know, and Kubiak, as you know, runs the Shanahan West Coast offense. Uh, It's kind of similar to Jay Gruden, you know, so there's, there's some tie-ins to Kirk Cousins past with the Redskins there. And um, what Zimmer's looking for is something that fits Kirk Cousins a little bit better than uh, what DiFilippo was doing. And uh, Kubiak is, I think, going to be the one who has a little bit more of the design, whereas um, you're going to see Stefanski calling the plays a little bit more here. So um, with the offensive de- design with that Kubiak brings in, Um, I was really doing a deep dive on this and I found it fascinating that, you know, if you take a look at what Pat Shermer did in 2017 with Case Keenum, um, he had 501 runs and 527 passes for 49% of running, uh, Kubiak over his career, um, has averaged 476 runs to 540 passes. So he actually has been running a little bit less passing a little bit more than what Shermer did the year the vikings did the best most recently um, and there's almost no difference in the rate of the passes to the wide receivers one and two uh shermer 45 percent of his passes went to uh, Diggs or thielen kubiak over his career 44 percent of the passes have gone to the wide receiver one or two um, so you know there's going to be a lot of similarities i think between what we saw in 2017 with shermer And what we see with Kubiak and, uh, you know, the big difference is going to be Kirk Cousins, really.
2: Well, I I think that was fantastic analysis. And one thing I'm very excited to see, and I've never been a Dalvin Cook truther or believer, uh, really, but I am curious to see him running in that. And that offense, I, I'm very curious. And, and that transitions me to the next question. Are there any non-skill position additions from free agency or the draft that'll have a big actual impact? Like, uh, did they draft any linemen, anything like that that could help the offense?
0: Yeah, yeah. So they drafted in the first round uh, Garrett Bradbury, and uh, they are sliding him in right away, pretty much at starting center. And they're kicking Pat Elfline, who was a starting center last year, over to guard. And I think that's going to uh, help the Vikings in two positions because it's going to make them better at guard and it's definitely going to uh, help them out at center as well. Um, then they've also, uh, they added, they signed Josh Klein and free agency who might be okay, might not. Um, they, they drafted um, Drew Samia from, uh, from Oklahoma Who's, a, who's probably a little bit more of a project. But they really needed to upgrade that offensive line because Kirk Cousins uh, last year was pressured at 39%, which is 7% higher than he's ever been pressured in his career. Uh, and when he was pressured, 7.3 yards per play uh, when he was clean and 4.6 yards per play when he was pressured. Uh, so there was a big difference there. And if they can bring that pressure rate down, that's going to help the entire offense. And that's what really needs to happen. I mean, you know, everything is going to start with this this offensive line. If the offensive line performs well, I think the whole offense is going to click a lot better.
2: No, and and I love the, the analysis there. Is there a veteran being overvalued or undervalued as the incumbent? Um, I, I can think of one in general, but I'm going to let you uh, go first. Okay. You know, I – it's a little
0: bit hard to overvalue or undervalue anybody on the Vikings because it's such a narrow usage tree in their offense. I mean, you know, basically, you know who's going to be getting about 80% of the offense. It's going to go through Cooks, Diggs, Thielen, and Rudolph. Um, I would say if anybody's being undervalued, it's maybe people who are trying to shovel dirt on Kyle Rudolph a little bit prematurely. I mean, I know we got Irv Smith. He's only 21 years old. Rudolph just signed a deal, which is going to keep him in Minnesota for two more years. And then after that, uh, probably he's going to get cut. But uh, the the money says he's going to be there for two more years. And I think Rudolph is going to be a back-end tight end one. Um, and part of the reason is, is they're going to be using a lot more 12 personnel in Minnesota than what they were before. We're going to about double our percentage of 12 personnel usage. Um, that's where you have two tight ends on the field so they can get Rudolph and Irv Smith or uh, Rudolph and David Morgan or, or however they want to line up their tight ends. But most of the time, I think Rudolph is going to be one of those tight ends. And so I think he's going to get 70, 80 targets, 50, 55 receptions, and probably somewhere in the range of 48 to touchdowns. Uh,
2: and I like that because I believe that Irv Smith will still carve out a little role. He doesn't necessarily play the same style have tied in as a, as a Kyle Rudolph. So who is the player that you're targeting on, on this roster for your dynasty rosters? And what are you paying? Yeah. uh,
0: You Dalvin cook is, you know, an obvious answer. The real, the only question you have to ask yourself is, you know, do you feel lucky punk? Because you don't know, (laughs) is he going to stay healthy or not? Um, Cook has got a long and storied history of injuries. I'd be more concerned about Dalvin Cook injury-wise than On Johnson, for example. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if Dalvin Cook stays healthy for 16 games, he's going to be a top six running back just because he's going to get probably, uh, I'd say, 80 targets, something like that, and uh, he's he's going to get a lot of rushing attempts. Um, they're going to be run- running a lot of play action. Um, but the the kind of sneaky target if you can get him for cheap because somebody is an ageist in your dynasty league is just go ahead and make a play for Adam Thielen. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he, he really should age gracefully. He's not going to be, um, somebody who, you know, relies on speed or anything like that. I mean, he relies on being a technician and the technicians are the ones that tend to last the longest at, at wide receiver. And, um, you know, Diggs is, Diggs is always going to be there, but uh, Thielen, it seems like when they're, when they're looking for the critical first down, a lot of times the ball is going to Thielen.
2: All right. And then uh, if, if you're buying him and you like Cook, who, who are you selling off this roster and, and what are you taking?
0: I mean, honestly, there's
2: not too many. I, I wouldn't really be looking to sell
0: anybody because again, you know, if you've got, if you're talking about Cooks, Diggs, Thielen and Rudolph, uh, you know, they they've really got established roles carved out, but if I'm going to sell somebody, I'm going to look and I'm going to see if I can find the Diggs enthusiast in my dynasty league. Uh, Diggs has always been a little bit more sizzle than steak compared to Thielen, who has always been a lot of steak, not so much sizzle. And, um, also with Diggs, uh, he's had a little bit more trouble with the soft tissue injuries and staying healthy. He's getting, you know, better. He's he's gone from 13 games played a couple years ago to 15 games played last year. But I always count on Diggs to miss a g- couple games. Uh,
2: that that is very very fair. And, and who is I'll hit you with the who is the fantasy MVP? Who is going to be the bum? And what's the overall record for the Vikings in 2019?
0: All right, MVP. Um, boy, again, it's going to come down to to Cook or Thielen. Um, if If Cook gets hurt, it's going to be Thielen. If Cook doesn't get hurt, it's going to be Cook. Um, The bum. um, If if this offense doesn't go, it's going to be Kirk Cousins. There's no question. Um, You know, I would say if anybody's counting on any sort of consistency out of Irv Smith, you're going to be disappointed though. And as far as the team record, um, I'm going to say eleven and five.
2: Oh, a little bit of a bounce back to the to the glory days of 2017. A little bit of a dip last year. All right. Well, that was a great breakdown of the Vikings. I'm going to go over to Seth real quick because I can't really throw it to Jerry because none of these teams uh, can Jerry's team beat. So I'm going to ask Seth. The uh, <laughs> the uh, the the Bears won the division last year. This, this this will be one of the 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 two prime contenders to dethrone your Bears. What do you think about Dan's breakdown before I uh, start, you know, asking you some questions about the, uh, the bear down?
1: I thought it was fantastic. I do have a question uh, on Alexander Madison. Where do you put him in terms of uh, backup, like handcuff running backs in the league right now? I know Daryl Henderson's getting a lot of hype because of the Todd Gurley issues, but you know, somebody who can take over a big workload like that would be definitely valuable. So where do you find uh, Madison in terms of, running back handcuffs
0: you know he's I think he's one of the better handcuffs just simply because Rock Thomas is not really um, I I don't think they can use him that much he's going to get exposed he's not that great of a running back um, he is okay but uh, I, I think Madison is definitely a more talented runner for whatever that means. I mean, as we know with the running back, it's all about opportunity. And what I really like about Madison is the fact that uh, the guy in front of him, Dalvin cook has had that injury history, which says that Madison is very likely to start some games. And um, I do kind of think that with the, where the Vikings took him in the third round um, they are looking at him. If, you know, if Dalvin cook can't stay healthy, they're going to give uh, Madison a little bit of extended run and see if maybe this should be our guy instead of Dalvin cook.
2: That was a fantastic answer, and you don't have to worry about Rock Thomas getting exposed. And as far as myself, I just expose myself. So, um, Seth, <laughs> Seth, I'm, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to hit you with some of the same questions I hit Jerry and Dan with. What, what's the biggest camp battle? I, I would I have to guess that it's probably either in the backfield or the wide receiver core.
1: Yeah, it's tough to decide between those two things, because if you listen to uh, the Tuesday episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas, I kind of uh, roasted, in a friendly manner, uh, our our buddy Memphis here on the value of Mike Davis. Um, I think he's a Benny Cunningham replacement, and while he's a better version of Benny Cunningham, he doesn't actually have anything to do with the, the offense as a whole um, in any significant way for fantasy purposes. However... Uh, there's definitely a narrative you can write about Davis becoming, taking uh, targets and shares away from David Montgomery, uh, who just was drafted by the Bears as a Jordan Howard replacement. I think I'm going to stick with the wide receiver core though, because Allen Robinson is unquestionably the number one guy. Anthony Miller had an excellent uh, year last year in the slot, but he was uh, far behind in targets from Taylor Gabriel Who's kind of a speed demon that we picked up from Atlanta in 2018. So the wide receiver, too, in this offense, I don't think needs to be Taylor Gabriel. I think it should be Anthony Miller. But they also the Bears also drafted Riley Ridley, uh, the brother of Calvin Ridley, of also the Falcons uh, in the fourth round this season, uh, in the 2019 draft. That is so. All of these things together kind of says, all right the wide receiver two in this bears offense if the passing game improves on last season which i think it should um that that stands to have some wide receiver three type value so i'm i'll put, go with the wide receiver core here
2: I, I i think that's where i would go i think you don't draft a david montgomery in the third round where they did with as few draft picks as the bears had if you don't have a a vision of what you're going to do with him. So I I think that's a good call. Although I still think Mike Davis carves out a little bit of a role. Um, I don't think the Bears had any major coaching changes. I will say this. I shared this with Seth earlier. I was listening to an interview with Ryan Switzer, who's now the slot receiver or may end up being the slot receiver for the Steelers. And they were college teammates. And in this interview, he told the interviewer, I can't remember who it was, that having Matt Nagy for the second year will be the first time uh, since I think high school, that Mitch Trubisky will have the same offensive coordinator slash play caller two years in a row. I found that fascinating. So That's outrageous that that is outrageous. So so Jerry, anything about the coaching staff from uh not Jerry because you interrupted Jerry. Uh, <laughs> Seth, any, anything from a uh, coaching standpoint that uh so, that 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 Yeah, that, the big like? the big
1: thing is that we lost uh Vic Fangio, who was the defensive coordinator. He's now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. So we got a new uh defensive coordinator, uh Chuck Pagano,
2: formerly of your Colts. Boo that man. A hey, n- nice person, good human. I root for Chuck, the guy. Hey, yeah, good luck.
1: Yeah. So, I um our hope is that he just maintains the defense that they did last season. Just like Khalil Mack, call all the plays. I mean, just it'll be fine. If we could do, Blitz. if we could do even seventy-five percent of what we did last year defensively, we have an excellent shot of winning the the division once again.
2: Well, I hope they didn't delete their playbooks. If they just kept the Vic Fangio playbook, we, we can right. start there. But since there's not a whole lot of offensive impact with the coaching changes, um, what about the skill position? Did they bring anybody in free agency or the draft that you think will have a, a big impact for this team? There's very little movement uh, on the Bears as a whole this season. We
1: spent a lot of draft capital back in 2018 to get Khalil Mack. We also had spent draft capital before that uh, to get Mitchell Trubisky. So we only had uh, two picks in the first four rounds this year, and then we had a couple of compensatory picks or whatever in late rounds. A couple of cornerbacks, no big deal. So, no, there are no skill position, non-skill position players here.
2: Yeah, they, they, they did pay a, a pretty penny for Khalil Mack, but Khalil's worth it. Um, what, exactly. about a, what, what about a veteran? Is there a veteran that's being undervalued or overvalued um, that maybe he's not getting enough talk currently in the offseason? So I'm concerned about
1: where people are going to value Tariq Cohen. And the reason for that is that his his upside is very, very limited. The ceiling is definitely limited in terms of if it's a full PPR league, he's going to get a lot of targets, Definitely. But we don't know how David Montgomery is going to be used in the passing game yet. Jordan Coward, H- Howard couldn't catch a you know a dead fish if it was thrown to him in a barrel. Like I, I don't know if I'm just all right. That was terrible. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. <laughs> it, it's that was totally terrible. Stolen. I'm just so inept. Like though the with analogies <laughs> no, like that, no, and I come God, on here and please Memphis tattoo that Friday. on your back or something. Yeah, oh, that was flawless. flawless. No, thank you. Oh man. All right. Uh, Tariq Owen limited uh, capped upside and the floor could just be that he's just a gadget player and doesn't really do anything for you. I don't know if he's a guy that can actually win you weeks on his own in a PPR format outside of the flex position, but he ended up being a highly rated running back last year. So I think people are going to gravitate towards that.
2: And I, I, I believe that they brought in David Montgomery because they felt like their backfield in 2018 of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen had a lot of tells. If you're familiar with the, with the the game of poker, a tell is like when you do something involuntarily that tips off what you're doing to your opponents. And I think that's what the Bears are doing in their backfield. It's like, up ah, Jordan Howard's back there. He couldn't catch a fish in a bucket and a thing, so they must be running the ball. Or if it's Tariq Cohen, <laughs> hey, he's not a between-the-tackles guy. This is going to be a pass play. And I think David Montgomery is a much more complete back, um, sort of in the vein of, I, I like to consider him a poor man's Kareem Hunt. So I agree with your skepticism and nervousness as it relates to Tariq Cohen. Um, so real quick, who, who is the player that you're targeting on this roster uh, for a dynasty team? You and I are in a couple of leagues together. And, and what are you willing to pay?
1: Yeah, I'm still targeting Allen Robinson. I think that he had a little bit of uh, injury concern last year uh, that he was definitely out a couple of games. But Mitch just did not get the job done from a passing game perspective. And I do have to take a look at my view on Mitchell Trubisky, which I freely admit is biased against him because I hated what Pace paid to get him. Uh, But the fact that he hasn't had the offensive coordinator two years in a row yet and this is the first time doing that um, is is very fascinating. So, let's assume in this this wonderful world that I'm imagining that Mitchell Trubisky actually does take a next step forward, and he is somebody that's worth the 102, uh, the one uh, second overall pick in the NFL draft. Um, that passing offense could be very very powerful, and Allen Robinson is being uh, drafted right now as a wide receiver, low wide receiver too high wide receiver three. He can absolutely get back into the low wide receiver one range on a very potent offense, just like he was in the uh garbage Blake Bortles offense back in 2016.
2: Uh if you're selling Mitch Trubisky, I'm buying in a super flex. Now I would like to pair him with a very stable um gonna return constant value quarterback like an Andrew Luck, like a Phillip Rivers. I think Mitchell Tr- Trubisky um, he carried me to the final division round of the Scott Fishbowl last year, him and Dak Prescott. So I, I'm, I'm a Mitch guy. I would be totally buying. I don't know that I would give you the 101 in a super flex for Mitch Trubisky. I don't know that he can be better than Kyler Murray. For our Kyler Murray debate, you can check out Tuesday's fellas again as we did cover that. But uh, who, who are you looking to sell then? If, if uh, you're looking to buy Allen Robinson, who are you uh, looking to sell off?
1: I think you can still get uh... – Value for Trey Burton, and while it's hard to find consistent tight ends, I don't know if the tight end position is going to be relevant enough in this offense on a regular basis to make Trey Burton worth what you could get from him from a name cachet perspective. So I think you can you can definitely get a second out of uh, somebody for Trey Burton, and I think even more so in a in a uh, tight end premium type format.
2: I'm willing to give. Trey Burton one more year if I already have him. I don't know that I would act, actively be looking to acquire him, but I'd like to see him you know, a, a full year, uh, a second year in this Nagy offense. Alright, so real quick, who's your MVP for fantasy? Who's your bum for the fantasy world? And then uh, give me the Bears record.
1: Yeah, so fantasy, uh, one, I really want to say Allen Robinson, but I think it'll probably be David Montgomery. Uh, if he hits the way that everybody hopes he's going to hit from a you know, just from the Bears organization themselves to the fantasy owners. We're drafting him. He could be a big deal this year. And then uh, the bum it has got to be uh, anyone else other than David Montgomery and the running back course. So, Patrico and Mike Davis, if you're I, – I truly believe if you're trying to go for those guys, I think you're going to be disappointed. All and right. The
2: Bears will be uh 12 and 4. Oh, so they're going to edge out the Vikings. Dan, what, what do you want to break down on Seth's uh... – Seth's breakdown of the Bears, and then I'll, I'll run to the Packers real quick.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a good breakdown. Um, you know, the thing that always troubles me about the Bears and fantasy, um, since Nagy got there, is that they really, they have a, a very fuzzy um, usage tree out there. And so, you know, you've got four receivers you've got 2 to 3 running backs uh you've got a tight end sometimes two tight ends who are getting involved in the offense i mean you know and that's a that's a feature if you're uh, a fan of the bears because as a defense you never know who's going to be getting the ball and uh you know so that spreading it around does a lot uh for the bears offense in general but you know as far as you know we're we're concerned about Predictability and uh, the Bears offensive players are rather unpredictable. I mean, even uh, Trubisky is rather unpredictable because he can just have those terrible games from time to time. Uh, So they're a little bit hard. You know, those are guys that I like in my flex uh, as much as possible. But, um, you know, other than that, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it was broken down just great.
2: I agree, and I, I've said this about the Colts' offensive skill players, and I've said this about the Eagles. And I and Dan opened up my eyes to thinking about Mitch Trubisky the same way. He may be the one bear that I want, and I think David Montgomery would be the two. With all right. those talented wide receivers, two tight ends, you got uh, Shaheen. I hope I pronounced that correctly, Shaheen yep. Adam. Um, you got Burton. You got all those wide receivers. Three running backs, all capable in, in their own right, and Mitch Trubisky is. The one constant. He's going to be the quarterback as long as he's healthy. So I like that. But I'll tell you what else I like. I like cheese. And because of that, I got stuck with the Packers. So um, I'm not a Packers fan. I'm a Colts fan. But the biggest positional camp battle I'm looking to watch is, quite honestly, the battle between Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. Uh, there's a reason why we have in the Twitter industry have shortened that to MBS. The man must get paid by the consonant. Um, yeah. Going to go with between him and Geronimo Allison. I think coming into the minicamp OTA time of the year, the the thought out in the industry was that it was Geronimo Allison who had a very hot start. I think he averaged twelve PPR points a game the first game first four games of the season. Then injury really slowed him down. But here through Minicamp and OTAs, M V S has really been the uh, the guy pointed at. And he's had a good thing said to him about him by Aaron Rodgers. So that has got my eyebrow raised uh coaching changes positively or negatively impacting fantasy production as long as Aaron Rodgers is the QB I don't think you can negatively impact the fantasy production but as we covered in the news segment LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are already bumping heads over this offense and the, the term I used is art versus science uh LaFleur likes to run a very science and by that I mean this is the play we don't do a lot of checks maybe we switch sides Um, and Aaron Rodgers is an artist. He audibles, he scrambles, he makes things happen. He extends play. So I'm very curious to see how that does play out for them, but I don't think the coaching is going to change that. Uh, any skill position, uh, uh, excuse me, any non-skill position additions, you know what? They added Billy Turner, who was an offensive lineman. Uh, if you're a uh, Nickelodeon, you know, cartoon fan, not Timmy Turner from the Fairly Odd Parents, but uh, Billy Turner. He's an offensive lineman they brought in in free agency, and then they drafted. I'm going to try this name, Elgton Jenkins, not to be confused with Leroy Jenkins. A couple of offensive linemen. <laughs> Leroy, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, I'm no. Th- th- that that was brought up for that very reason. It did much better than the than the Timmy Turner reference. But these guys are a couple of offensive linemen. Uh, And Green Bay's got good offensive linemen like um, Bakhtieri, like Balaga, but these guys are always, you know, nicked up. Turner can play all four positions outside of center, and some pretty good draft capital for Jenkins, who was taken in the second round. So I like that for the running game, and I like that to keep Aaron Rodgers injury-free. Now, he seems to always play unless he breaks his collarbone for a third time, but he's always playing with like a calf strain or a, a, a knee issue. I would like to him to come into camp healthy and go into the season healthy and then stay healthy. Hopefully Turner and Jenkins can do that. Uh, Is there a veteran being overvalued or undervalued? I think Jimmy Graham, especially in redraft, will be way overvalued just based off name. Uh, They brought in rookie Jay Sternberger, who I'm a big fan of out of Texas A&M. And I wouldn't be surprised. I I don't know what the cap relief situation is for cutting Jimmy Graham. But if Jimmy Graham gets cut uh, at any time, you know, in camp or or comes down with any kind of an injury. I think Jay Sternberger in redraft and in best ball, I think his value just really creeps up. Uh who is the player I'm targeting to to buy for my dynasty rosters? I'm still on team Geronimo Allison and I think you can get him cheap. I've got low ball Geronimo Allison offers out like 2023. People are enamored with 2020 draft picks at this point. So uh, I am gladly trying to scoop him up, even if he's the wide receiver three, in, a, in an offense that's going to have this kind of volume. And I, 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 again, I agree with Dan and Seth that the Bears and the Vikings, Jerry, I'm sorry, the, the Lions will have a meh offense. This is a division that's going to score some points. And that's what the NFL wants, by the way. They want offensive production. So even if Geronimo winds up being the wide receiver three, the the third target, if you will, for for Rodgers. I'm cool with that. I'm cool investing a 2023 to get him. Who am I looking to sell? I'm looking to sell Aaron Jones. Uh I know he is a, another Twitter and Dynasty darling. I just can't trust the guy. He's already got a two game weed suspension on on his uh resume, if you will. And he's got, you know, entry issues. He he missed the end of last season with a knee sprain, I believe, and he missed time his rookie year. I just I don't think that they'll ever be the production out of a Green Bay, even though it's a good offense and you want running backs on good offenses. I, I don't know uh, whose turn it will be in the barrel on a given week, and head coach Matt LaFleur has already said that they plan on using not only Jones, but Jamal Williams and rookie Dexter Williams uh, in the backfield. So because of that and because of the hype around Jones I'm selling, I'm looking for a 2021st first plus. If I could get Peyton Barber. From the Buccaneers as like a one-year bridge guy and a 2021st, I would sell Aaron Jones for that. Uh, Peyton Barber's gonna satisfy your need for running back depth, and that 2020 draft class is gonna more than likely in the first round, especially if it's a super flex. You're gonna get a nice running back, so uh, I'm not afraid to move Aaron Jones. The MVP for this team, if Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers is breathing, he's my MVP for. This team, uh, very close second is Devontae Adams, who's going for his fourth 10-plus TD season in a row. He was a stud last year. I think he would have easily been the wide receiver one had he played all of the entire game. Uh, barely got edged out in certain formats by Tariq Hill. Who is the fantasy bum? The aforementioned Aaron Jones. I don't think he can live up to his ADP or the expectations from his owners. And the record on this team, I, I thought I was being conservative at 11-5. and five, But that's where I'm going to stay. I think Aaron Rodgers is back. A little bit of an uh, improved offensive line. And what I didn't mention is they really went hardcore after defense in both free agency and uh, the draft. So at the end of the day, I think this is going to be a really fun division, a competitive division, except the Lions. Sorry, Jerry. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll kick this one back to Seth. Uh, what do you think about the my Packers breakdown and what would you push back on?
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot. And I would ask like uh, Aaron Jones or on Johnson out of this. C- on jo-
2: Johnson. If I had to rate or rank, uh, excuse me, the running backs of the NFC North, I would easily go Dalvin Cook, on Johnson, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones.
1: Yep. Wow. Definitely in a, in a fourth spot. Okay. I get it. I get it. And the injury concerns are real. It does happen. So I think that's, it's a good point. To it's, bring it, up. It's,
2: it's a two headed, it's a two headed concern with him. It's not only just the injury issue, it's also the previous, you know, behavioral suspension. And then the coach's, you know, commitment to use a multiple back. So those three things just kind of have me down on Jones.
3: What yeah. about you, Seth? Do you have him at four as far as running backs in the division? I mean, I hadn't thought
1: about it before. It's definitely Dalvin Cook for me, number one. Um, And I haven't been as high on David Montgomery. I think the ceiling for him is to be the number two, but I would probably rate him behind uh, carry on and Aaron Jones, uh, possibly in terms of what the potential floor is. But looking at it, I think I'd probably rather have carry on than Aaron Jones. So I'd probably have to put him at the number
2: three. All right. Well, I've already got Seth and uh, Jerry chimed in, so I'm going to go around the horn and let these guys get out of here. They've got other podcasts to cut and record. But Dan, give give us your thoughts on the the four running backs of this division and then uh, tell these people where they can find you.
0: All right. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go with um Cook and then uh Carry On, Montgomery and then Jones. And part of the thing that, you know, we have to remember with Aaron Jones as part of what was propping him up last year was just how terrible Jamal Williams was. And, uh, so I, you know, I hope that Dexter Williams is somebody I'm trying to acquire on the cheap because I think he might work himself into a role. And if, uh, something happens with Jones, it might be a big role. So he's somebody that I'd be looking to flip. I think in 2020, the Packers take a look at the running back position again, with all the, the great running backs coming out in that class. But, uh, you know, I hope he doesn't kill me, but, uh, Dexter's, uh, maybe a good
2: pick. I, I like it. And then tell us about the goat district one more time and where these fine athletes can find you and JD. <laughs> all right. Yep. We are, uh, we are at the goat
0: district, um, and at ghost goat district, um, and we are doing podcasts every wednesday they typically drop on thursdays this week it's going to be on thursday dropping on friday uh you can catch me
2: at overhyped sweeper drop the final e from sweeper all right and then uh, my 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 good buddy up there in the the windy city seth one half of the tag team champions known as the fantasy football fellows seth what's uh, what's good with you and Kyle
1: Oh, man, it's always a pleasure being on here, in Memphis, so thank you. Uh, as you have mentioned before, we're doing a series on rookies and how they look to perform in the 2019 season this week. So drop the quarterbacks and running backs on Tuesday, yesterday, and we have wide receivers and tight ends tomorrow, as well, of course, as the main event known as the Dessert Draft. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And you can also find us uh, – we're dropping two episodes a week all offseason – we're going to be ramping up into three episodes during the month of August. And uh, we're four episodes a week during the season. Just you know, tons of good, a uh, sh- little bit shorter than normal podcasts. So it's a uh, little bit more digestible for folks. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at the FF fellas. And we hope to see you over there.
2: Yeah, and those guys are just starting to fill up their listener league. There's a lot of ways you can do it. I know you can rate and review their show. And while you're rating and reviewing, don't be afraid to rate and review the Goat District. Leave the Goat District. Leave the Fantasy Football fellas. And leave your homies, if you haven't already, at the Dynasty War Zone, a five-star review on iTunes. Why iTunes? I have no idea. But that's what they tell us to do. So if you have the time, head over there. Hook all of us up with a five-star review. We appreciate you. Jerry, anything on the way out the door?
3: No, it's always fun to talk to these guys. These guys are like a a fraternity of all of us that we all get to talk to each other all the time without weird drinking games and smacking each other on the ass with a paddle. But it's always fun. Appreciate you guys coming on. Let's get a a
2: Patreon show if I ever heard one. That is a Patreon. (laughs) I'll pay. I'll pay double for that. And uh, I will say this: go check out the Goat District. A couple weeks back, uh, we had it was me and Jerry, JD and Dan, Kyle and Seth. And then our, all of our good buddy Nate, Nate Pilmer, uh, at the Pilmer Dynasty on Twitter. So on behalf of Jerry, Dan, and Seth, I am Memphis, and we will see you next week. And remember, we're all just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Thanks, guys.